You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And not joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Instead joining me is my good friend from the pick and roll. He's your favorite Australian on the Milwaukee Bucks beat. He is maybe just your favorite Australian period. I don't really know. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about him. But he is my good friend, Kane Pittman. Kane, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, happy to be here, really. And by here, I mean... (laughs) on earth <laughs> all right guys uh so this is gonna be the most laid-back podcast i ever record uh this is gonna be wildly unprofessional uh we're gonna go through some twists and turns um to take you inside where we are i mean i don't even know how far back we have to go i suppose 24 hours ago maybe more at this point um so Here's a little inside basketball for you. Um, when games are close, typically I will drive. And maybe that makes me weird, but whatever. I kind of prefer it. I get to be more in control. And also sometimes flights to Indianapolis aren't all that cheap. And actually a lot of times flights to Indianapolis aren't all that cheap. So uh, Indy, drivable. Only It should be about a four-hour drive from Milwaukee, maybe a little bit more. Maybe a little bit less if you find a way to avoid chicago traffic um chicago obviously drivable obviously you're going to drive that every single time to the united center uh so 24 hours ago kane and i got in the air i guess more than that it's now 10 54 p.m on uh, tuesday stay tuesday sure today's tuesday um so on monday we got ourselves ready drove down to uh, the united center knew that after the game there's gonna be some snow coming through but the hope was it'd be just fine. We'd be able to get ourselves back to Milwaukee. <laughs> Sorry, we're laughing because we're looking out the window at like 50 mile per hour winds right now in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. We'll get to that part of the story. So we uh, we get ourselves, game gets done. We'll talk Bucks Bulls here in a little while. Bucks end up winning uh, 112.99 over the Bulls. So we'll talk about that win here in a while. Um, but after the game, we knew it was going to be kind of messy, and we said, well, hopefully we get through it in time. Like, Hopefully it's not too bad. Um, I would say our walkout was a bad omen <laughs> for for what we had there. Um, I, I guess, Kane, you can try to describe a little bit of that. Uh, it was it was dangerous. I'll say that we were we weren't really. I mean, we were shuffling our feet. I'll say that. Uh, I wasn't that confident to take my foot off the ground because I was definitely terrified that I was going to hit the ground and probably have some sort of injury before we even got to the car. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just a passenger, but you know, I think Eric knew that he was he was in for some in for some stuff. 
Yeah, uh, you're hearing the vent go off in our hotel room, but that's okay. Uh, again, we'll get to that part in a little while here. I tried to hit some buttons. I'm not 100% sure that it worked. Uh, hopefully it did, and maybe I just totally broke it. But either way, uh, maybe you won't hear that vent anymore. But, yeah, it was scary. I was taking small, very small steps. It was a bad omen. Got into the car, knew that it was going to be a pretty rough ride. And I got to say, like, through Illinois, not so terrible. Uh, we were definitely driving slow, but... For the most part, the roads were, like, cleanish. We happened to be, like, uh, probably about a half mile away, like, behind a brigade of plows. Like, they were out kind of leading the way, which made for a little bit better drive. Slow drive, but overall very safe. Uh, then we got to Wisconsin. And from the state line to just south of Milwaukee was an absolute disaster. I don't know if I went a mile over 30 the yeah. entire way. And it's very dark in that neck of the woods. Like there's no like street lights. Like it's you're it's a pretty lonely feeling. And yeah, we we went slow, but ultimately I will say going slow, driving on snow, I thought was terrible. I thought was truly terrible until tonight. But now I know it wasn't that bad. No, we sort of, uh, so when we got back to Milwaukee, it was probably, I mean, it probably took us two and a half, three hours. Yeah. I'd say that's about right, which isn't too bad, all things considered. Uh, but Wisconsin definitely threw in the towel last night. They were like, you know what, <laughs> whoever's out in the road, uh, all the best. Uh, we're not helping you out till tomorrow. And, like, that's not even a joke. There was literally, like, uh, county workers, I think in, like, Racine County, that had driven out to put a sign, like a, a, an electronic <laughs> sign that said, rough roads ahead, drive careful. Yeah. They didn't plow the roads. They just put a sign out that said, be careful. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I really appreciate the warning. Thank you for that. We did drive careful. Yeah. But totally unnecessary. So, anyways, we get back. We go out to a diner at 1.30 in the morning because we are both starving. And I think we both sat there in our suits from covering the game and we're like... Well, that was an experience. I don't know if we're going to top that one. Like that That's about probably as good as it's ever going to get on the beat. And then, well, then today happened. And uh, so the plan was, yeah, I'll, again, I'll let you inside. We were going to need to drive to Indianapolis. And, okay, there was a couple of you last night that said we should have just started driving from Chicago down to Indianapolis. We understand the concerns. We understand the thought process behind it. All of those things we get, but we did have other things to attend to today. We had other things to do, so we did. We both needed to be back in Milwaukee and needed to do that, so we couldn't drive straight all the way down to Indiana. Looking back on it, I wish we could have been able to. <laughs> it would have been great if we would have. Our good friend Matt Velasquez was oh, able yeah. to do that, and he avoided all of that uh, and made sure to snap us a picture of the beer he was drinking earlier today. Uh, but none of that worked, so now... We are traveling a little bit later in the day. We travel after, uh, you know, we leave like around 5.30 to avoid Chicago traffic. We avoid Chicago traffic. We're doing great. Mm -hmm. Now all we have left is the stretch of 65 from just south of Gary, Indiana, right down to Indianapolis. Easiest portion of the drive. There's no traffic. There's nothing. There's never any complications on this portion of the drive. I've made this drive I don't know how many times in my life. It's very simple, very straight. No turns, just straight into Indianapolis. <laughs> and we get to Merrillville, and we stop for dinner around 8.30. We uh, 
we got some windshield wiper fluid, uh, feeling good about ourselves, right. and I, my like, so I'm I'm buying the windshield wiper fluid, and the the woman at the cash register tells me, you know, be safe out there. <laughs> And I thought that was a strange comment because in our drive thus far, there'd been no problems. There'd been really nothing, nothing wrong in any way. Like it was pretty basic. It, it was it was pretty easy. No no real traffic in Chicago. We got straight through it, and I was like, "Huh, what a strange thing to say." I even commented on it to Kane when I got back into the car and said, "Huh, I wonder why she what wonder why she said that. That was weird. It, it's not that bad out here." And yeah, it was that bad out there. Uh, literally, the, the the next stretch from and it, it was from the Maryville exit to the next exit, which is about a ten mile stretch of sixty five. I have never been able to see less on a road than I could see in that moment. It, it was legitimately no visibility. I for probably five to ten seconds had no idea what was going on in front of me because if you're familiar with i-65 it's it's very flat it's very straight as is the state of indiana and all of the snow was just blowing across and because there's 30 40 50 mile per hour winds where it's just coming across and you can't see anything and i told kane i was like i think we're gonna have to call it a night no it's uh yeah i so i was first back to the gas station i was having my first ever chick-fil-a Oh yeah, uh, I got this. I got the spicy chicken burger. Eric tells me the story about the lady in the gas station. I had a good laugh. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you on about? I'm like, I think I know my way around Indiana. And you just had a spicy chicken for the first time at Chick Fil A, so everything was great. Everything was great. Anyway, shout out to her for thinking of us because uh, it, was, it was. No, we really appreciate it. It was. Uh, it got pretty bad, but. Uh, okay, so tell me what's going through your mind as you see that snow come across? Because I know what was going through mine. I'm curious what was going through yours. Well, I I mean, I feel like the, every, almost every single day the last three weeks in Milwaukee or in, in America, I'm just like, well, I think I've seen it all now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then something else happens. And I was definitely through that period where we had a truck right next to us and you couldn't see anything. In my head, I was like, well... I feel like this probably is taking it too far. and But I didn't know what you were thinking, so I just sort of casually mentioned, I mean, we could, still, like, it's up to you. Like, we can just, like, we can talk about this. And you very quickly said, I think I'm, I think I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right. I'm like, that seems like, that seems like a pretty, well, pretty good Because, I mean, like, there's some level of, like, we've known each other for a couple months now, so, like, we're, we're both friends and we know each other well, but, like, there's also... You know, to me, some level of like me wanting to be like, I got this. Like, <laughs> I know what we're doing here. Like last night, just driving through snow. Like, I got that. I know how to drive through snow. Like, was it stressful? Yes. Like, was I not probably very good in our conversation on the way back from Chicago? Probably not, because I was so focused on the road. But I knew I could get us through it. I was like, I got this. Tonight, wind blowing across. I can't see shit. No. I got nothing. I'm going to throw in the towel, and that's exactly what we did. And we ended up in wonderful Hebron, Indiana. And you can hear us eating. Uh, we we just went to the gas station, and I told I told Kane, I, I said, you know, I, th- I think it would be delightful if we'd go over to the gas station, we'd grab a couple beers, we would turn on the mic, 
crack open those beers and commiserate with all of you over those beers. We thought that was going to be the way to go about this, and we felt very good about that plan. So we go over to the gas station. We go look at the coolers. There's no beer in there. And again, you never know what the rules are in certain states, if they sell whatever. Uh, so we, uh, we, I told Kane, okay, well, we're going to have to grab some junk food. So he grabbed some Doritos. I grabbed some uh, chocolate and peanut butter dipped pretzels. I've never had them before. They're delicious. I grabbed a vanilla Coke. So we got some, some junk food here that we're, we're snacking on here as we talk. But I go to the register, and we, we are checking out, and... I told the cash the, the woman at the cash register I was like, "Well, really what I wanted was a was a beer and that would have been great for sitting over at the hotel tonight." And she's like, "Oh, well, you know, there's a there's a liquor store about 10 minutes from here. Like you could you can make the drive over here. I don't I don't know how comfortable you'd be with that." And I was like, "Honestly, I wouldn't be comfortable with it cuz visibility's terrible out there." And she goes, "Oh, you know where are you from?" <laughs> And I go, Wisconsin. And she's like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> to which I thought, like, <laughs> like, I've been through some stuff, man. Like, literally 24 hours earlier, I was through some stuff. I drove in this terrible snow, and I thought it was pretty presumptuous for her to say, well, that makes sense. <laughs> right? Like, what? That, that was a strange interaction. No, it was. And I, I don't, like, first of all, thankfully... I didn't say where I was from because, you know, who knows how personal it might have got. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was, I mean, Indiana, Wisconsin. Let's not act like, let's, let's not be crazy out here and act like that's, uh, you know, a completely different scenario. Yeah, she's like, well, you know, I'd probably make the drive, but I can understand why you wouldn't. I was just like, what? what, what is this? Like, I'm just going to be judged by, by some woman here that can't sell me a beer like what, what is this uh, so yeah i've been emasculated tonight which is great um we're, we're getting through it i don't even have a beer to like no. you know drown my pities in but but that's okay um so this this has been a really strange 48 i mean not even 48 hours like 30 hours for kane and i but that's okay we're getting through it um Kane, what was it? Oh, you had a weird story from this. <laughs> at the, uh, I don't know where we were at the gas station on the way to Chicago. Oh, yeah. And Eric, so Eric fills up. We, we both get some food or a drink. We snack hard on the, we snack hard on the road. I'll say that. If you're on the road, you got to do it. And, uh, and then I see Eric's in the car, lights are on. And I'm, I'm still in the gas station. I thought, I'm like, I was wondering where you were. Yeah. Well, I, the problem was this lady, started talking to me about valentine's day (laughs) and at first i'm like okay well i i don't know where this is going and she's like well i you know i just need to explain to you that my husband of 37 years always drinks fireball on valentine's day i'm like i'm like cool (laughs) i'm like that's a hell of a story that's great i'm like i I really appreciate uh you sharing but uh you're in front of me in the line <laughs> and my friend is waiting to leave and so she did she paid uh she sort of seemed like she wanted to continue the conversation but uh, i eventually escaped and then uh, the lady at the register was just like oh you you know that lady right and i'm just like no uh, I'm like, do you hear my accent yeah. right now no i don't like, know do I, do I sound like i'm around here <laughs> anyway that was uh 
you know, I mean, I feel like every time we thought this couldn't get any weirder, it has. So. It really, truly has. I mean, we were at, we were at uh, what was it called? It was Ma Fisher's, right? Yeah, Ma Fisher's. Yeah. On, on Farwell. Uh, and uh, we looked at each other. We, we were eating some breakfast food. It was probably, yeah, it was one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. And we're like, well, it can't get any worse than that. Yeah, it literally can't. And here we are, 24 hours later, recording a podcast in a place that I never thought I would ever be. Yes. Uh shout out to some of you that are i took a picture of kane sitting at our little table here uh as we look out over the snow covered i-65 in a glorious truck stop right next to uh right next to the hotel here and uh our friend of the podcast john zuckerbrod uh says he respects our snack game which is to be respected and frank is very curious about what i have he can see the Doritos, but he didn't know what I had, and I'm very happy he now knows I have peanut butter, chocolate, dipped pretzels, which are now going to become a, a staple. It's a staple in the regular rotation. There's no doubt about that. So shout out to all of you for your concern. We we very much appreciate it. Um, also shout out to you for your travel tips about how we could avoid this uh, in years to come. I don't know who. I just want to say I don't know who it was. I can't remember off the top of my head who mentioned uh, gave us a tip off about Broncos, but uh, Broncos in uh, Hebron. Uh, apparently, I seen some very Yelp. good reviews. Very good reviews. I, I seen multiple Yelp uh, reviews that said it is literally the best pizza they've ever had in their life, and I was shook. I mean, I I didn't come here expected to be disappointed that I couldn't have Broncos pizza, largely because I didn't know that Broncos pizza existed. But the fact that we got here at 9.55 and couldn't get it here by 10 o'clock, heartbreaking. Yeah. Honestly, heartbreaking. So um, those are our travel stories. If you have any other questions, you can hit us up on Twitter at AUS. Yeah, uh, Dane suggested it might have to be uh, De- <laughs> Detroit Pistons AUS or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. But anyway, I'm not changing it. So, Dane, you know what? Uh, I, 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 I don't take advice from you anyway. Okay, so at MKE Bucks AUS or at Eric underscore name, hit us up over there. Hopefully, nothing like this happens on our way in the morning. Uh, we're going to try to hit the road, make sure we get over to shoot around uh, for Bucks Pacers. That is coming up on Wednesday, Bucks last game uh, here before the All-Star break. And the Pacers are on fire. They've won after losing their first four uh, after initially losing Victor Oladipo. They've won six straight with, I mean, I don't know if there's an impressive win in there, but there's certainly some good teams in there. They've beat Miami. New Orleans, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Cavaliers, and the Hornets. Uh, this Bucks game is the fifth in a five-game homestand uh, for the Pacers to wrap up the their pre-All-Star break schedule, which is, again, the Pacers, we never talk about them. We only talk about the other four teams in the top of the East. They're literally still in the middle of it. So this Pacers team, even though we may not think of it that way, we may not think that they're an actual test, like... Uh, they may end up being a test for this Bucks team. And this is a team that defended the Bucks incredibly well the first time around in Indiana. So uh, we'll see what happens there. All right. We, since the, <laughs> since this entire ordeal took us out last night, we were going to record a podcast literally the length of our drive back. <laughs> and we got in the car and I told Kane, I was like, you know, I'm not sure this is going to happen. And we got about a half hour in and I said, 
yeah, we're not going to record a podcast because it wasn't safe enough. So we're going to talk a little bit about Bucks Bulls right now. Bucks win one twelve ninety nine, and you know I guess in the end the Bucks win by thirteen. The Bucks were pretty much in control the whole way. Like it, it was close, but they always had a lead. Like it was, even if it was slight in the first half, you know by the time you got to the third quarter, it was a pretty solid lead, and then it got to a spot where. You know, I think Bud was hoping the the Giannis-less lineup could close it out. They couldn't close it out. Giannis comes back in, ends up playing 35 minutes on the night, and slaps up a 29-17-8. and eight. Three blocks as well, and just kind of dominated the game. Like, that, that was another one of... I understand that Giannis doesn't get these MVP performances, quote-unquote, these quote-unquote MVP performances like Paul George, where he puts up 44 or whatever it is, but... I mean, he literally did everything they needed to win. He only took 13 shots to score 29 points. Like, it was just hyper-efficient, great basketball, totally in control. Yeah, it was kind of, I mean, to me, it didn't feel like they were ever in danger of losing. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Bulls get it back to within three, I think, with with around three minutes left. But I still wasn't sitting there feeling like the Bucs were going to lose. And then, as they do, they end up winning by double digits again because that's just what they do against all these teams that are, that are below them in the standings. They just they somehow find a win, uh, way to win by double digits. So, uh, And you, you touch on Giannis. Uh, it was interesting. I know you asked a question post-game about <laughs> whether you just keep feeding that guy because it, the numbers, like you said, it might not be Paul George's 40 points, but he really dominated that game. And he was reserved in dominating that game and could have done so much more. But, it, it, I mean, he just, I guess he felt like he didn't need to or Bud didn't want to go that way and let yeah. him completely touch the ball on every single possession. It was, uh, uh, I mean, the Bulls were really rendered useless on the defensive end at times. It was We were sitting right at, at that end on the baseline and they basically gave up and decided they were just going to foul him at every opportunity because they were, they had no answer. Yeah, and the the question you're talking about was, you know, I asked Bud post game like, do you do you get to a spot with Giannis where he is just so dominant and he just, you know, no one can match up to him where I understand that the Bucks goal is for everyone to share the ball, to touch the ball, to move the ball, but is there a time where you just say that's the best guy on the floor. Let's give it to him every single possession and see if they can stop him. And Bud, you know, hemmed and hawed a little bit, but eventually it was just like, yeah, you know, in the fourth quarter, like we did kind of lean on Giannis and say, it's it's your show. Like you you can you can handle it. And I, to me, that was uh, I rarely tweet something like this because you know I understand how the Bucks are trying to play and you know what they're trying to do most nights, but you know. There was a, a spot in the fourth quarter where it's just like you know if Giannis doesn't touch the ball, it's a, it's a possession that was wasted. Whether or not you score, like the Bulls have nothing for him. Like Lowry Markkinen, every time Giannis had the ball, he was salivating because he's just like he can't cover me. And then you'd get a switch with like Otto Porter, and it was just like he doesn't have a chance. And if it, even the biggest guy on the floor, if it was Robin Lopez, he saw him and he was like, okay, I'm gonna pull him out and I'm gonna go right by him. Like they were just. That Bulls team has no one for him, um, you know, especially with Wendell Carter Jr. out. Like, that was one guy that in the past didn't stop Giannis, but, like, you know, at least kind of had a chance to stay in front of him. Like, he has quick enough feet, he's strong enough, and the Bulls just didn't have an answer for Giannis. And, again, that's the case most nights, but it was even more exaggerated against that Bulls team. 
No, it was. And uh, and then, you know, to make matters worse for the Bulls, he goes and hits a couple of threes as well. So on a, on a night where they didn't really have a way of stopping him, he's pretty comfortably uh, knocks down two pretty nice-looking threes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a- again, um, it's not the... I mean, it is for Giannis, but, I mean, it's ridiculous how you can look at that and go, oh, 29, 17, and 8, yeah. Okay, that was, a, that was a decent night, but it's just a normal night for him at this point. But he's uh, certainly recently, I know, I know we spoke about it a bit on the drive home, but he's finding a way to get to the free throw line uh, more regularly now. And I, and it's hard to know whether that's him deciding that he... Because you can't really say that he's attacking more, right? Because he always attacks, yeah. But last night was a night where he, he could have had 10 dunks if the Bulls weren't just fouling him every single time. So I also think... It's part uh, the opposition just saying, okay, well, we know that you're going to dunk all over us all night, so we're going to make you shoot at the free throw line. And he, and I mean, he was nine for fourteen last night, so it wasn't his best night. Um, he gave away some uh, free portillos to the entire crowd by missing two fourth quarter free throws. Um, I am somewhat happy that I'm not recording with Frank right now because if he was in this hotel room, like it might be tears and it might be a whole thing where be really uncomfortable um so so thank god i'm not but yeah you know i just thought he took it took over and then you mentioned his threes and you know i I think the other thing is bloodso bloodso and him are just to me in many ways kindred spirits because i have no idea no idea when those guys step into a shot step into a three if it's going in or not going in i have no idea how it's going to look I have no idea if it's going to be left or right. I have no idea if it's going to be long or short. I have no idea sometimes with Giannis if it's even get to the basket. Like, I don't, like, I can't look at their jumpers as they're setting up. Like, if you just, you know, I think Frank and I have talked about this game before. Like, you know, if you set up, if you set up a clip, you show me everything until the ball's released. Like, you know, with some guys, I think you can tell, like, oh, that's a good looking shot. Like, Chris Middleton, oh, yeah, that's going in. Tony Snell, yeah, that's going in. Like, you can tell. Because their shot prep is right, everything is right. With those two, I have no idea. I literally have no idea what looks good, what doesn't look good with them. And, you know, when those go in, they're backbreakers. Like, Bledsoe was one of four from the three-point line, and then all of a sudden he goes on his own little mini run. He hits two threes. He gets to the rack another time in the middle. So he gets eight quick points. And the game wasn't in doubt. Like, the... I don't even think they would count it. They certainly wouldn't have counted his clutch, clutch baskets. I don't think they were within five. Um, but he still goes out, closes the door, and just says, yeah, that's enough. Like th- That's enough for you tonight, Bulls. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at it for a little while, but Bledsoe, like you said, he's so erratic with his shot, and you don't know what's going to happen. But late in games, he, Phil, he hits big shots. He does. And I, I think I think the first one. So, so they got it back to three. I think so. I think the first. Oh, you're right. The first one did. So I think the the, the first three uh, sort of got it back to six. Ninety-seven, one hundred, maybe. No. It, I mean, I know the Bucks finished on a twelve-zero run, so it was probably yeah, that would have been right then. Yeah, ninety-seven, one hundred. So, uh, you know, again, he he wasn't having a great night. Like you look at it, he has four turnovers. He only has two assists on the night. And, and heading into the fourth quarter, he, his shot didn't look good either. And he wasn't necessarily looking for his shot either. He was just having one of those weird Bledsoe nights. And then yep. it's like, okay, there's less than three minutes left. I'm going to hit a couple big threes <laughs> and make sure this game's over. And 
he's he has made a habit of that. Like it, I, I I checked it earlier this season because I know he did it last year as well. He hit some big shots in the fourth quarter. So um, I guess. I mean, it's a nice thing to have in your back pocket that Bledsoe is not afraid to take or, or make big shots. But um, all around, I think the starters in the last quarter, even though uh, they had a little slump there when Giannis went out, I know uh, Brogdon was two for two in the fourth, Middleton and Giannis were both one for two, and then Bledsoe was three for three. So all the starters made shots when they needed to to, to finish the game, and in the end, a, a game that they would have expected to win. Yeah, no, that would have been disappointing to drop that game to the Bulls. That would have been the first time they dropped two in a row all year. Uh, so they've avoided that. They get through at least the All-Star break with that because even if they lose to the Pacers, they can't lose a second one before the All-Star break. Uh, so they managed to do that. Um, I think the other thing you, you look at in that game was, uh, I mean, I guess there's two things. First off, Brook Lopez hits his first three of the game. I think it was his first three. Maybe it was his second three of the game. Uh, but either way, he either missed his final six or his final seven. He goes one of eight from the three-point line. And, you know, there's always this – to me, I, I think it's probably Bledsoe that most – like, if you get good Bledsoe, you're going to get a really good Bucks team. Like, that that one is one where you know, like, you know, Giannis can be good most nights, Chris can be good most nights. But if you get a really good Bledsoe – then that team just goes to another level. And then I think it's probably Lopez that's that's next. Like, you know, if he hits a bunch of threes, like, it's going to be a really good night. And if he has one of his rough nights from three, it's probably going to be a little bit tighter game than you want. And obviously the Bucks have in some ways addressed that with Nikola Mirotic. Like, hopefully that can help uh, clear that up a little bit. But uh, he was missing threes, and the Bucks desperately needed something in that first quarter. And then it was like, Ursan Elias Selva to the rescue. Uh, that that was what happened, and I mean he has twelve points, and we're all twelve in the first quarter. Like uh, I think he hit another three in the second, but he. I mean you're right. The, the, it's not like the Bulls were breaking away by no. any stretch because no. they weren't shooting the ball well either. But yeah. the Bucks really had no offense at all in the first probably nine minutes of this game, and then Ursan, who hits a few shots the other night, but before that. <laughs> could not get anything for Nothing. for a long while, weeks. So, uh, yeah, it was, and then as quick as he came in and scored 12 points, he got the Bucks in it. He didn't hit another shot for the rest of the night and ended up 5 for 9. But um, it's certainly, I mean, any time at the moment if, if Ersan can knock down some threes, I think it's it's good for him and, and good for everyone because uh, he was, I mean, it was a bit of a concern uh, the way his shot was going for a while. So he's he's looking like he's, he may be starting to bounce back a little bit. Yeah, that'd be really helpful. Like, they, they could really use that. And obviously, you know, they're not going to need as much of that because Nikola Mirotic is going to take a bunch of minutes. And, you know, it's going to be really interesting to watch how Bud tries to stagger and work through Mirotic, Ilyasova, and Wilson. Like, DJ Wilson only plays seven minutes this night, uh, or uh, excuse me, Monday night against the Bulls. So, like, his, I don't want to say his minutes are evaporating, but, you know, there was certainly a stretch there uh, in the third quarter where I was like, oh, DJ's not coming back, I guess. Like he's not gonna get that he's not gonna get that second half run and I mean I don't wanna say it was warranted, but it certainly wasn't a strong first half performance from DJ Wilson. Two turnovers, no points, 0 for one from three. And it just looked like, you know, Bud didn't totally one hundred percent trust him. And I think the other thing I'd want to circle tonight, um or excuse me, from Monday night is Pat Connaughton. 
seven minutes, and he's, I don't even know how to kind of talk about what he does. Like, he is, he's the, like, the break glass, break glass in case of emergency guy. Like, okay, things aren't going well. We, you know, we're into the second half. The offense hasn't broken loose. The defense isn't generating turnovers, not getting enough pace. Like, you know what, let's give Pat a try. And then, you know, sometimes they switch more, sometimes they don't. But almost all the time, you know, there's going to be an infusion of energy. And, you know, I had someone tweet at me from the game. Uh, I forgot, I'm sorry, I forget your name, but you're in section 121 because you told me a comment from 121 when you uh, made made the tweet. But you mentioned, you know, did the game kind of turn around when Pat Connaughton entered? And my response was, well, he entered at the same time Giannis entered. And that was when Giannis kind of decided in the second half that, okay, I got this. Like, this is my game. I'm going to take over. Um, So, you know, maybe, maybe it was more Giannis than Pat. But I think the energy that he brings is undeniable at this point that, you know, there is just going to be something a little bit different that he brings he's going to cut a little bit differently he's going to play defense a little bit differently like he's going to bring just slightly different something like it and that's not to say like sterling brown played bad he was 0 for 2 from 3 it would have been nice to see one of those two fall but i didn't think he played terrible in 16 minutes he just you know didn't hit that one shot that would have made it a 7.974 point night and he was solid and fine but you bring Pat in, it, it just kind of changes the tempo and the energy a little bit. Yeah, I think Pat, everything that he does, whether it's even the way he'll just get a rebound or the way he moves is just noticeable. Everything yeah. he does, it like catches your eye. And it's not that Sterling isn't like that. He, I mean, he's he's certainly probably more physical, but I, I just think Pat is more noticeable when he does things. And even, I, I guess, it, it just feels like he might be a little more flashy. I know Giannis found him for uh, his one bucket that he did get. And it was, I mean, really, it was just a layup. But you were, you were like, huh. Like, well, yeah, Pat was, was moving Pat. pretty well, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I think, but I think you're right. In a lot of ways, I think he's essentially become what, the thon used to be for bud where it's oh, like sure. where it's like for the, for the big man version of yep. that where he's the he's the fourth like wing or guard he's not at the moment he's not playing ahead of sterling uh george hill or tony snell but if like you said if if the bucks are like oh well things are a little bit we're in a bit of a rut and here. it's not like anything's terrible like no. it's not like oh we're losing by 30 like yeah. let's bring in pat and see if he can get something going it's like just things are just a little bit off right and and a lot of times he does he he does come in and and has that impact and and we spoke about it on the before things got rough on the on the, on the drive and I said to you that I, I'm not that surprised when Pat does good things because he's a good player yeah I mean it's this isn't your typical you know twelfth or eleventh or twelfth man this guy's a good player so uh, and like all the guys in the box he works hard and and he he stays ready so when he does get called. Uh, it's not uh, it's not a big surprise to me that he's able to do things, but it's certainly I, I think it, it's eye catching, and that's why probably a lot of people they see Pat and they're like, well, we should we just need more Pat because yeah. he does stuff. But it's not, I mean, it's it's not always. I I don't know how to explain that that what it is about him, but there's just something about him. No, there there definitely is. I it's almost undeniable to me that you know there's something about him, and I don't even think I would like it over longer stretches. Right. Like right. like uh, I've seen Pat play 
true rotation minutes, and it doesn't feel like a good thing to me. Like, okay. there's too many missed threes. Teams eventually get used to him cutting all the time instead of staying in the corner for mm-hmm. threes. Like, all the things that he does in very small doses, like stretch over long doses, it's just like, mm, no, you don't need any of that. Like, let's just use you for like seven minutes. Like, it, it, yeah. and again, like, I that's uh, in some ways, I guess, offensive or, or whatever, but like, it, it just is a nice change up. Like, he does things differently than everyone else. And that in the third or fourth quarter can be a very useful misdirection when you've been doing everything a certain way uh, the rest of the game. So interesting stuff there. Bucks win 112-99. I don't think I have anything else from that game unless you have anything else from that game. No, no, I think that's, uh, I think we covered most of the points. It was, again, not, I don't think there was any crazy standout moments, but uh, just, a win. just a win. Yeah. That's, that's what this Bucks team does. Uh, 42 and 14 on the season. That means they have guaranteed themselves a winning record before the All-Star break. So uh, not often that I've ever said that. Actually, I don't think I've ever said that. Certainly not on this podcast and maybe not ever in my life. Uh, so Bucks go out, get a win. 42 and 14 on the season. Try to get number 43 against the Pacers on Wednesday night. So I'm not sure if it'll be Kane and I or if it'll be Frank and me. I I'm not really sure. We'll get it all figured out and try to figure out exactly what we're doing. And also, we'll try not to die on the way home. Um, (laughs) And we'll also try to actually get to Indianapolis instead of uh, lovely Hebron, Indiana. So all of that coming up for all of you tomorrow. You'll see how the the road adventures of Caden Pittman and Eric Name uh, end up happening and how those end up going. So uh, big thanks to all of you for listening, and a big thank you to Kane for filling in for Frank. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, no worries. I've never had my fingers more crossed for making it to shoot around than I do tomorrow. So, <laughs> hey, we'll see how we go. Oh, it's going to be a fun morning. All right. For Frank Mann, for Kane Pittman, for Eric Name, this has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.